Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last. You are listening to Beyond Synth. I have a cold. This is episode 129? Is this 129? Jeez. Marco's here. Hi, Marco. Hey! Hey, Andy. Hey, everyone. How's it going, man? I'm doing all right, thank you. I'm traveling okay. And how about yourself? I'm all right. I think... I think this is episode 129. Jeez, that's incredible, Andy. I never even got to 100, so I'm, I'm very impressed. You're, you're a workhorse. We didn't do a show last week because I had a cold, so I had just had a crazy mm. sore throat. So for people who are wondering why there wasn't a show, I did post the video of the Beyond Synth live chat from the month before, so there was still some Beyond Synth content. And if anyone wants to participate in the next live chat, so that's a video chat... Um, I will be doing one probably in the next few weeks. And it's open first to Beyond Synth Patreon supporters. So that's... It doesn't mean... I mean, I'll talk to anybody, but I send out the message first to the Patreon supporters, and if they fill up all the slots, then that's the way it goes. Uh, last time, about three of them had to drop out at the last minute, so that's why I was just sort of like calling random people. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. It's video, and then, uh, you know, we, we call on Skype, so you see their video too, and then we just uh, have stupid conversations. And you can watch the first one on the Beyond Synth YouTube page. And so that's what we did last week, and I still have this fucking cold. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm all stuffed up, and I cough a lot. Well, it's been, it's been getting cold up there, isn't it, Andy? Mm-hmm. Although... <laughs> the past few days have been actually pretty warm. It's just nowadays, whenever I get sick, it just lasts for. Uh, it's like anytime I get a cold, it's just an instant like week and a half thing. Yeah, it's bullshit, isn't it? It's like uh, I think it must be part of getting older or something. Yeah. I seem to get the same thing. Yeah, man. No, it is because when I was a kid, you know, you even if I had like the flu or something, it was like you know two days three days max you know like there'd be like a shitty day and then you'd feel weird and then you'd be fine again and now anytime anything happens to me there is at least a week sometimes two to the point where it fades out so gradually that i don't even appreciate that it's gone like you know when you have like a i don't know if you get like a stuffy nose in australia do people get colds in australia <laughs> yeah yeah we get colds so we also have running water and uh telephone and internet <laughs> Because, <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, you I'll have a cold and I'll have a, a runny nose and I'm sitting there, I got to blow my nose all the time, but it fades away so gradually. Like, it's not like the next day you wake up and, hey, fuck, I'm better. It's like the next day you're still doing stuff. And so by the time I'm feeling better, I don't like appreciate it because it, it faded away at such a gradual level. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would appreciate it a lot more if <laughs> no. I just woke up the next day and was fine and be like, holy fuck, I'm fine today. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> but since I can't, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little frustrating. And I I want to, I don't want to use those fucking nasal sprays because I know people get addicted to them, but they work. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> is it, are they addictive? Well, I, 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 the only thing I don't like about those is like, if you really need to clear up your nose for a day, it, it does kind of help. 
But the problem is I find it actually prolongs it overall for me because all, all it does, I find, well, I'm no, I'm no expert on anything, but it just seems to... Pro, you know, prolong it in the long run. It sort of seems to, you know, go away in, in the short term, but then it, it just drags out. It, it, it's weird. Have you ever noticed that? Or no, it does. That's. I think that's why people get addicted. Like because it feels so yeah. good, right? When it clears your nose, but then it feels like. I mean, I know that it's an addictive thing. Like I do know that. And I remember I, a friend of mine uh, had a boyfriend once who was addicted to them, and like so he just always had it. Like he just always was like every wow. few minutes just like fucking inhaling this That's shit. Weird. And it's like, all right. I mean, like, I get that it feels good. Maybe he had something else in there, Andy. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there was some fucking <laughs> Coke in the Ultravin bottle or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. So my problem is every time I laugh, I start to cough. Oh, and no. that's really frustrating for me because I like to laugh. So don't we be funny. Laugh, Andy. Yeah, so that's the thing. So <laughs> I'm going to be like coughing like a bastard like in the background here. We're going to have like a really serious episode then. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. We're, we're sort of prolonging one because I did um, either next week or the week after is going to be my show I did with Signal Noise. And that ended up being like a really serious one because we're like talking about all like the Hollywood <laughs> scandals and all that stuff. And so I'm just like, what kind of episode oh, of Beyond God. Synth is this like? <laughs> so we'll have a fun <laughs> one this week. I mean, it's still it's still fun, whatever. Beyond Synth is always fun. That's the bottom line. Fuck you. I don't know who I'm saying that to. <laughs> um, so listen, you're here all show, so uh, we'll we'll play songs mm-hmm. back and forth. But uh, if you want to play me a song now, that'd be nice. You want one right now? Okay, well, I've got an awesome album came out uh, just last week. Uh, Betamax is finally uh, back, and he's got a new album called Archaic Science. Uh, it's available at Premier Synthwave label, Rosso Corsa Records. Uh, I think this is his best work yet. It comes really, high, really highly recommended. Uh, I know you played a couple of songs off, off it before when you uh, had him on the show as a guest. And I think the, the my favorite uh, on the album uh, at the moment is Virtual Fantasies. All right, well, let's check it out, man. This is Virtual Fantasies by Betamax.
And that was Virtual Fantasies by Betamax. And that's uh, Marco's pick. And that, yeah, the album is really good. When when Betamax was on the show, and for anyone who's interested, uh, I had him on in the summer, we previewed maybe like five or six tracks from the album. And I do think that the mixes are slightly different mm. on the, the album release. I noticed that too. But yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's great, man. Like he's, uh, they're good. Uh, it sounds nice, and everyone should go check it out. And also go back and uh, check out the episode where I uh, had him on the show because it was a good mm, time. That was a good. That was a lot of fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So there's all this shit I got to get to this week because every every week people send me you know messages saying like, oh, like, can you talk about this event or that event? And I always forget because I'm completely fucking disorganized. So I just want to remind everybody. See, now I'm so disorganized, I can't even find it on my fucking screen. Okay, look. Neon Winter, all right? (laughs) Neon. (laughs) Fuck. All right. Neon Winter is a thing that's coming up December the 15th. It is in England. How do you pronounce Gloucestershire? Gloucestershire? In Australia, we'd probably say Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire, yeah, that's probably what it is. I don't know about the UK. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, Neon Winter, it's coming. It's uh, it's got a lot of uh, awesome artists that uh, are cool. All right, there's Nina, Star Noir, Siblings of Us, Cryocon, Kenji Run. Who else is on there? Anyway, look, the point is that this thing is happening. It's on December the 15th. Go check it out. Neon Winter. They have a Facebook page. Just type in Neon Winter. It's hosted by Retro Future Fest. So, you know, they put on a show in the summer where, you know, like Sunglasses Kid was there and uh, a bunch of other artists and people had a really good time. And this is like the winter version of uh, cool retro synthwave artists uh, putting on a cool show. So check out... Neon Winter. It's December the 15th, so maybe get on that if you want tickets. There are tickets available at wegottickets.com, but that's not... Anyway, <laughs> that, look, go on fucking Facebook and type in Neon Winter or Retro Future Fest, and you'll find their page, and it's on the 15th of December. Lots of cool artists. Go check it out. Okay, that's my fucking... That's This is me being due diligent here. I'm, I'm making sure I, I mention all the stuff that I was supposed to mention Marco Merrick <laughs> yeah it looks like that's going to be an awesome event uh, it's really good to see that uh, there seems to be heaps of live events going on festivals uh, chances to see your favorite synthwave producers performing live um, it's just it's just great to see that that's such a common thing now I mean we had uh, just last weekend we had uh, Perturbator here in Perth and that was an incredible show Andy Yes. Well, we'll talk about that uh, maybe a bit later on in the program or maybe after the <laughs> next uh, next song. Uh, yeah, because obviously you had a good time and you got to hang out with James, which is fun. Mm. That's what pisses me off about my stupid uh, heart about to explode because I, I could have had more fun with, with James when he was here, but like I was hesitant to have any... I mean, I still had a drink. I was like, well, I have to have a drink. <laughs> but uh, that was at the time where I didn't know what... Th- I still don't know what the hell's wrong with my heart, but like... I, I, I had to be very cautious, so I, I only had a drink, and I was like, oh, I, I wanted to have more fun, but, you know, it happens, but you probably could get lice and, li- I was supposed to say lice and nickered up, yeah. nice and liquored up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe that came from him sniffing my hair with a light. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a sec, because I was going to play another song. Do it. And then maybe... Um, you can tell me your fucking perturbator adventure. All right, cool. So here's a track. This is by Glenn Main from the album Into the Blue, and this is a track called Dusty Rider. Dusty Rider by Glenn Main 
off the album Into the Blue, and he sort of makes music that it reminds me of whenever I would listen to like electronic compilation albums of like you know uh, it'd be like here's a track by you know Jean Michel Jarre is it Jarre Jarre mm. anyway Jean, you know like Jean Michel Jarre and you know McCluskey and whatever and there would all be these random sort of uh, these kind of virtuoso electronic musicians and so Glenn Main kind of makes tracks that remind me of that sort of stuff of when I used to listen to sort of electronic albums and the. 80s and 90s. There would always be these weird compilations. McCluskey. <laughs> McCluskey. I just like saying McCluskey. And like, a, you know, a, a, a popcorn, you know, things like that. Just these... Uh... Anyways. So, talk to me about... Uh... <laughs> Tell me about uh, Perturbator. Perturbator in Perth. He was awesome. Uh, he puts on an incredible live show to, or to those of you that have been to his uh, live performances before. Know what I'm talking about. Uh, he brings his own lighting uh, rig and um, it, it's just incredible. Yeah, it really is a great show. And uh, he's super nice. I got to hang out with him for a while as well. I know he was really exhausted. He did like four shows, four nights in a row uh, mm. around Australia. So he had to travel around a lot. You know, Australia's pretty spread out. So um, no, he was super nice. And then after he set, he came up, and uh, I was DJing after him, and uh, halfway through, he even came up, and uh, it just started playing around with the decks a bit, and we kind of mixed a few songs together, and it was it was really, uh, really awesome stuff. So, so definitely a night I won't be forgetting anytime soon. Who uh, opened for him? Uh, it was my friend, Arin, uh, which is uh, Amnesia, is uh, her DJ name, so she opened up for him and uh, played a really good dark set. Cool. And then there was a death metal band, I think, uh, after that, and then Perturbator. Okay, cool. Did it, did it all seem appropriate? It did, it did. There was a lot of metalheads there. I was quite amazed. Uh, definitely the majority would have been from the metal scene, so he definitely has a lot of crossover support. Yeah. Plus being at Blood Music, you know, they're traditionally a metal um, label, so... Mm. Uh, there is a lot of that crossover appeal, but it was good. It was a great night. I think everybody really enjoyed it, and uh, it was well worth coming out. Yeah. What, what do you mean you were doing a DJ set? Where was that? I was at the same place. I was at the after party. I just played a, a, D, a normal DJ set. Yeah, with some darker stuff, a bit of Carpenter Brute in there, and you know all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, it was at the same venue, so that was great. You mentioned doing a DJ set before, but you didn't have any details. You know, you'd be like, oh, I do DJ sets here and there. and Yeah, yeah, I DJ pretty regularly. Somebody mentioned that you did a DJ set at like a fucking S&M club or something. <laughs> something like that. It was, jeez, uh, what was it called now? Fit in or fuck off, I think it was called. Mm. It was a fetish night. Oh, it was I like see, a okay, fundraiser okay. for something, and I, I just played a dark set. I thought it might be appropriate. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting night, <laughs> for sure. A lot of people getting spanked. <laughs> I like any sort of fucking fetish fundraiser. Like, what is that? Like, we're raising money for fucking double-ended dildos and fucking <laughs> zipper masks and stuff. I mean, like, what What are they... <laughs> Apparently, they go through a lot of lube, man. I don't know. So, they got to get the money for us. <laughs> oh, man. Andy. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe I can, like, suck on a lozenge or something. Yeah, you really need to get back on that. Actually, the nasal spray probably wouldn't help. You probably need to snort something else, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll fucking... I'll just take a big heaping pile of coke and then just eat it and see if that solves my problem. All right, so fetish night. So did you fucking put on some chaps or what? Nah, I'm really not into that shit. I'm actually pretty boring in that. I was, uh, that was probably my biggest uh, concern was what to wear. I was like, I'm not going to put on leather and shit. You know, I don't know. It's just not my thing. So I, I just put on a leather jacket and DJed, but... Yeah, yeah. What yeah. I would have done too, because I, yeah, like I'm not really, you know, into that whole uh, 
thing, but uh, I would have just probably just worn like a regular suit and then just hung my dink out of the zipper. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't see any of that, thankfully. They did have... Uh, <laughs> there was one, one thing I found quite interesting, because I've never been to anything like this, was uh, that they had, like, a... Uh, Dink. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> they had one of those... Uh, I don't know, what, what do they call the things where you put your... No, where you put your head in and your arms in, and it kind of locks you in, and you're sort of bent over. Oh, uh... So uh like uh, an old uh, torture uh, device, kind of. Oh, uh, fuck, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's the... There's a name for it. Ah, uh, the stock... No, the... Oh, I can't remember. It's not a guillotine. Uh, it's something else. Guillotine. Something else. It's it's it, the. Isn't it the stock? No, it's not the stockyards. It's the fucking the the block. Now, fuck. Maybe I could Google it. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Where you 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 know you got the the three holes for your head and your yes. two hands. Yes. So those. But, but this is the most interesting thing. People were. They had a, they had a particular that had that device on the side there, and um, just through the night, people would put their head and their hands in there, and then somebody would be there like. It was kind of like a, not a whip, but it was kind of like a braided whip thing, and they were sort of getting whipped. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it seemed that a lot of guys were into that in particular, so that was a, it was eye-opening, I guess. A lot of guys like to be whipped on the butt, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I All learned right, from the night. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you uh, uh, play me another song? All right, all right. So let's uh, let's have a look. We got uh, another great album out. Just was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before. And uh, that's Beta Ma- uh, Beta Max. That's <laughs> Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> that's Beckett with five. Uh, this is some incredible eighties sounding stuff. I mean, it's pure eighties. A lot of pop kind of stuff in there. A lot of collaborations. It does come highly recommended. It's available at projectbeckett.bandcamp.com. I had a lot of trouble picking just one track. From it, Andy. Um, but in the end, I decided to go with Play featuring Simon Reynolds and Luca Ricardo. All right, well, this is Beckett with the track Play featuring Simon Reynolds and Luca Ricardo.
And that was Beckett with the track Play featuring Simon Reynolds and Luca Ricardo. And I am back with Marco. And that was Marco's pick. Yeah, no, Beckett's good. I should have him on the show sometime. I like is <clears throat> a song called "The Mitch," yeah. which uh, I play all the time. That's like the song. Oftentimes, I'll have like a song that becomes like the theme song of like one of my kids. <laughs> so there was this band in this, I think, it's the late seventies or early eighties. This French disco electronic band called Milkways, and Milkways has this song called "Galactic Reaction," which is really awesome. And uh, I used to play that all the time when my son was young, and that became like his theme song. And I made like videos, and th- that song was playing. And for some reason, "The Mitch" by fucking Beckett is the one that I always play when I'm like dancing around with my daughter. Like it's just this fun. Yeah. It's a very good track, and it's a lot of fun, uplifting stuff. So uh, yeah, Beckett's a good time. Uh, it's definitely a fun track. Uh, I do. I really do like his music a lot. I think uh, he's probably a little bit underappreciated I know there's a lot of underappreciated artists in the scene they don't get enough tension but he's definitely one of them for sure I'm starting to think about that too and like the music that I listen to I think I mentioned this on the last show I did but like like Sung for example mm. you know Sung yeah of course uh, S-U-N-G and like it, th- that's a guy who like every time one of his tracks comes on I'm like this song's awesome but I never lump him into the list you know when I'm talking about like other artists that I really like and, you know, like, because always the same names come up. All the people who, you know, I say the same things every time where I go like Ogre and, you know, Lucasette and Perturbator and that stuff. And yet there's these other artists who are consistently awesome. Like, where every time a song comes on, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Who's this? And it's, you know, somebody who consistently makes awesome music. And so I'm going to try and be better about make, making my list, you know, when I talk about uh, my favorite artists and stuff like that in the synth scene and... uh uh, make sure that list is uh, is updated and thorough. Yeah, Sung's definitely one of my favorite producers. There's so many good ones. Uh, uh, it, it really is incredible. I did feature Sung on my Outrun theme track, but uh, he, he does make some awesome Outrun music as well. This past week, I did every every few weeks, or maybe like once a month is when I will do like a, a deep dive looking for stuff. So people send me music all the time, obviously. So there is many weeks that go by where I don't actually look for anything. And I just play the music that I get sent to me. And that's the stuff that fills up my playlist mm. for songs to play. And then, you know, usually once a month I will go, all right, fuck, I'm going to do a search myself. And I always enjoy that because I end up finding so much cool stuff because I don't necessarily just search for synthwave like i just go through all sorts of electronic music because that's what i like and yeah i did i did that just i think like yesterday and i found a bunch of cool artists and i was just emailing them and i found some stuff again i'm probably going to play on the show but it's like not necessarily synthwave like some of it's like metal but when people mix there's this one group uh this dude called i think master boot record yes and he does like met metal mixed with chiptune stuff and it's fucking awesome like it's just really awesome music and i'm gonna play it anyways like, i don't care but like mm. it's not synthwave like it's but it is still electronic it's electronic enough for me to justify playing it i also don't care i'll play whatever i like <laughs> no, no, I do like I do like some of his stuff. He does a lot of remakes for um, chiptune tracks from um, video games that we all know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I think my favorite one that he did was the one he did from Syndicate. Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, <laughs> I actually don't think I've heard that one, but uh, the Syndicate one was really good. Uh, the Doom one was good too. I like his June one. Yeah, he does some really good ones. Mixes a bit of heavy metal in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's cool stuff. What have you? Uh, what else has been going on with you, man? You've been uh, playing some games. Nah. I gotta blow my nose, I think. Yeah, so do I. 
always talk about nasal spray, mate. <laughs> Makes me moist. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to blow my nose. You you tell a story of uh, a game you played while I go blow my nose. Oh, jeez, what have I been playing? Uh, I just started playing uh, Zombie Army Trilogy, I think it's called. Uh, it was an older game, but Jazzy found it for reasonably cheap. So, I don't know. That's about all I've really played in the last few days. I ended up playing that uh, with Jake, Protector 101, and Jazzy. And that was a lot of fun, cooperative action. I don't know what the fuck the story's going on with the story, but uh, we're in Nazi Germany and all the German soldiers have turned into creepy zombies. So it's actually quite a creepy game. It's, it's actually really good. I'm all about the co-op action these days, Andy. I love it. All right, so I'm back. Actually, I, missed- I do have one more story for you. Well, hold on. I missed everything you just said, so you're playing what? Oh, I don't want to repeat it. Don't make me repeat it. Just tell me what you just said. Because I was blowing my nose. All right. Well, I was just saying I've been playing Zombie Army Trilogy. I only played it once okay. for a few hours with Jake and Jazzy. It's actually quite good. I also finally finished... I uh, Remember that game XCOM uh, UFO? Yes. From, like, the early 90s? I finally actually finished it again. It took for fucking ever. But just last week, I actually finished the whole thing. And uh, it was kind of... I mean, the amount of effort I put into it, it's a very time-consuming game, and... And uh, I finally finished it, and it was just funny because all the ending was, after all that shit, the ending was just a couple of screens of text. I didn't even get a cutscene. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so so XCOM, you're talking like the old PC the, one? The very original one, the first one ever made, not the remakes, but the one from like 92 or 93, I think it is. My understanding is the remakes are okay games, right? Like, I think they've been well-reviewed. I believe. I need to... I should be playing them, really, shouldn't I? Um, I should give them a try. But I've been... Uh, I like playing a little bit of older shit as well, so... Yeah, I'm considering... Uh, it, I feel like an idiot, because, like, I had a retro pie, uh-huh. you know, a, a, a Raspberry Pi, which I sold. I've been through this before. It didn't play all the arcade games I wanted. And then, meanwhile, I get nerds telling me, like, I wasn't doing it right. I'm like, hey, man, I installed the fucking RetroPie software, and then there was a website that specifically had a grid, like an Excel spreadsheet that said, here are the games that work, and here are the games that don't. And so there was... That list existed. It's not like when you have MAME... The, the multiple arcade machine emulator on your computer, mm. you know, you can have a list of, like, thousands and thousands of arcade games, and they all work, more or less. But with RetroPie, there was some issues with some of them. And unfortunately, it was issues with a lot of the games that I wanted to play. So I ended up selling it. And then now I've been thinking, like, ah, you know what? I think I want one again because I, um, I saw on Amazon that there's a company that sells a replica NES case. Mm. You know how people are buy those retro Nintendos yeah. and, the, and the, you know, the, uh, the mini SNES and the mini NES. And then there'll be nerds always saying, get a retro pie. It's like Jake on Facebook all the time. And I appreciate both sides. Like, we've, we talked about this before, too. Like, you know, if you want a cool novelty item direct from Nintendo, like, I don't see a problem with wanting one. Although I do see a problem with paying several hundred dollars for one because a RetroPie is obviously much cheaper and you can have all sorts of games on there. So the bottom line is you can get a RetroPie mm. uh, or, you know, Raspberry Pi and you can buy a replica NES case that's designed specifically for the Raspberry Pi, which means for an extra 30 bucks, you just buy this case and then you put the fucking uh, RetroPie inside and you, essentially now you have like a little mini NES but it's a RetroPie, which means it plays everything. So I'm going to see, because maybe they've updated the software too, and maybe they, they do have more compatibility with the arcade games now. I'll find out when I fucking... Well, you should be getting something soon from, uh, you know who. Um, so you probably don't have to worry too much about that soon, Andy. Well, that's uh, 
Th- that project will probably take like a few years, so I might still get a retro oh. pie in the meantime. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play a track here, and then we'll fucking keep talking. So sure. this uh, this is uh, from D Noise. That's D hyphen Noise off the album Night Force, and this track is called Midnight Call. was Midnight Call by D-Noise from the album Night Force, and that's a fucking cool song. D-Noise actually makes pretty cool music too, man. Mm, I'm a big fan of D-Noise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you, you played a D-Noise track a few weeks ago. I sure did. And I uh, I got this mm. album. Was this part of a compilation? Oh, 
That's right. <laughs> I have another thing to remind people about. All right, so go to Groupies. You know how Groupies, groupies.com, they sell, sometimes people have these Synthwave bundles. Um, it's a website where there's lots of deals going on, but basically, uh, usually they do it in support of a charity. And there's a new Synthwave bundle that you should check out. You get like 10 albums or something, or maybe it's 11 albums. You donate like a, a you donate what you want. I think like there's a minimum donation and it goes to a good cost. And you get a whole bunch of synthwave albums. And in this bundle, what the hell is it? It's fucking uh, Volcor X, Sunglasses Kid, Scandroid, Wave Shaper, Starcadian, Max Thor, Vector Hold, and more. And uh, it's a really good, it's a good thing. You support a charity, it's also a good deal. And you get a whole bunch of albums. And that's Groupies. I think it's just called Synthwave Bundle. Or Synthwave X. It's called Synthwave X. So go to groupies.com and search for Synthwave X and you'll get a, a really good deal on a whole bunch of albums. I always forget to promote this because this guy who puts these these bundles together, he always sends me it and I'm I'm always like a month behind like reading my Beyond Synth emails. And so I'll get the bundle. I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, oh, be sure to mention it on the show. And I'm like, sure, man. And then just I don't because like the timing is all wrong. Like by the time I'm supposed to mention it on the show, the bundle's already finished. So... Hopefully this time I do it right and you guys can go check out that bundle. So Synthwave X on groupies.com. Check it out, motherfucker. So what were you going to say? You you had something that I interrupted. Did I? Yeah. You 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 were saying something like uh, yeah, I, you know, I like to take off my pants, you know, and, and then <laughs> you're going to talk about Well, I always uh, record all my interviews and all the audio for your show and all that without any pants on. Everybody knows that. Well, it's nice and warm in Australia. You're allowed to do it that. Is. It is. I don't have to worry about shrinkage here. No. <laughs> I don't have to worry about shrinkage because my dink is so big. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, so lucky we don't do any video. Lucky for Andy. <laughs> yeah. Only audio. Yeah, no, very lucky because people would find out just what a lie that was. <laughs> so right now you are having a good time. You're sitting around. You, you had the energy of, you know, you saw the Perturbator show and it was good. Oh, you know what you got to see? What's that? Fucking Justice League. Oh, my God. You got to see it. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, I knew it. <laughs> Justice League is the weirdest broken mess of a movie that I've ever seen reach a cinema. Wow. So it's fascinating to watch um, because it's just a mess, but like in an entertaining way. You know, like, you know, there's some movies that are sort of messes that are like, what the fuck is this? Justice League has so many weird problems that are, like, noticeable that it's fascinating. I mean, like, if you know all the backstory of Justice mm. League, like, you know, they, they were trying to correct the tone of it, like, in post-production because they, they're receiving all this feedback of the stuff people didn't like about Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad. And then Zack Snyder had to leave the project because he had a, a family tragedy, and so he left. And then, and then Joss Whedon came in to direct reshoots. And the thing is, you can totally tell that's why this movie's so weird to watch. Like, you can tell everything that was reshot because they didn't really do it that well. So, like, whenever the Flash, like, the, the guy who plays the Flash, if he has, like, an additional line of dialogue that was reshot, his hair changes. He has different haircut in the reshoots. Huh. Ben Affleck, like, gains weight in the reshoots. Mm. And then Superman... Right? Like, you probably read all the stories online about how he had a mustache that he couldn't shave off, so they had to digitally remove his mustache. <laughs> so, 
every scene with Superman, he has this ridiculous CGI mouth. And you can always tell. Like, it never looks good. You're just watching this going, like, this movie costs, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. And every time Superman is on screen, he has this weird fucking mm-hmm. mouth. Every time there's some insert shot, like, the fucking actor's hair changes and stuff. Like, it is just... And the bad guy is, like... The CGI of the bad guy is, like, bad? Like, it's not even... Like, it's bad. Like, he looks like a fucking video game character. And you're just like, how did this movie that cost so much money... Like, how is it just such a mess? I mean, even the Transformers movies, which I don't like... They still have some sort of cohesive look to them. And, you know, like, it's still, it still is a, a package. Mm. It's a shitty one. But it, like, you know, it's a consistent piece of shit. Whereas, like, Justice League is just all over the place. And, like, it's just... It's very interesting. But at the same time, it wasn't... Like, it was entertaining. And, like, the characters were kind of, like, fun to watch. Like, they're dynamic. But the movie is just such a mess. And you can tell they probably cut, like, an hour out of it. Because there's some plot lines that just happen way too fast. And there's no sense of scale to the movie. Oh, it's just... It's it's an interesting thing to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's, that's really off-putting. I was just looking up a little bit of the review while you were talking about it. It's definitely one I'm not going to the movies to watch. But uh, that's ridiculous. They can fuck things mm. up like that. When they got... In this day and age, with such a big budget, you know, and... and I I mean, it's it's just crazy that uh, they could fuck it up like that, you know? Just such stupid mistakes. It's fascinating. The decision to digitally remove the mustache, considering that when you finally see the film, every shot with Superman is a reshoot because he always has that weird mouth. If he was honestly... Like, I think it's, it's to do with deadlines. Just the fact that... That Hollywood is such a business, you have to meet the deadline when you say this movie comes out July 6th, it has to come out July 6th, whereas there's situations where money won't solve the problem, and where, like, literally the solution would have been, Mm -hmm. hey, let's push back the release date of this film by, like, six months so that we can really retool it properly, but then when you just have a release date, you just have to hit, like, they just, Mm -hmm. obviously, like, when you see how crazy Superman's mouth looks... You'll be like, yeah, like millions of dollars could not salvage. I mean, we've talked about this before, like CGI characters in movies, whenever they're humanoids, the mouth is often the worst part. The mouth they still haven't got. That's the one bit. I don't know. They, they still haven't got that worked out yet. It's, it's, that's the dead giveaway. Even if the actor is real, if they put a CGI mouth on them, <laughs> it makes them look completely fake. And especially if it's like a CGI mouth that they had like, you know, four weeks to fucking do before the movie came out. Like, it's just so many weird decisions made. It's just such a mess. <sighs> it's Anyway, hey, do you want to play? me a song <laughs> okay sure uh all right i just discovered an artist just this week actually andy i was just uh, looking through my soundcloud stream and i found uh somebody called final tape i don't know if you've heard of him oh yeah final tape yeah yes yes i played some a few weeks ago yeah yeah it's good stuff you didn't play uh house did you from final tape hopefully house yeah i don't like remember what track. song i played I, no, I, I didn't old. play it, but i'll play this one i i, I don't all remember right. what the song was but uh anyway let's listen Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't know much about the artist at all, but I know this track is really good. So yeah, this is House by Final Tape.
And that was House by Final Tape. Although I haven't interfaced with the artist directly. I think uh, their last album was on a label. Like, the label sent me the the album. Yes, I actually just found it. That is Synthwave Cafe, I think. And, yeah, because uh, they sent that to me, and I was like, holy, this is fucking awesome. So... It's pretty good, eh? So, yeah. Anyway, so the album, the EP called Rights is available at synthwavecafe.bandcamp.com. It's pretty good stuff. Did you and I have other stuff? I feel like, because it's been a few mm-hmm. weeks since we've recorded, and we've been chatting, and I know that there was things where I'm like, oh, we got to talk about this. Oh, Stranger Things. You, did, you told me that you finally finished watching it, right? Oh, that's right. We watched Stranger yeah. Things. Maybe I should warn people. Okay, how about this? Spoiler. We will do a spoiler there is going to be a spoiler-filled review of Stranger Things that Marco and I are going to do later in the show. So you've been warned. We've given people enough time. Look, it's been at least, what, four, five, six weeks since it's been out, I think. I'm giving them time within the show, so I'm just letting you guys yeah. know now, because I don't want to spring it on you without, uh, just in case you're listening and... Uh, and you don't want to get spoiled, so I'm just letting you know that in a few minutes, maybe after we do the Patreon, we will do a spoiler review of Stranger Things, Marco and I, because I finally watched it. So you've been warned, it's coming. So don't be like, oh, I fucking spoilers, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> if you don't like fucking, I gave you warning, that's that's all that matters, so we'll do that in a bit. Yeah, I'm trying to think here, have I watched anything? Like, I, yeah, I saw Stranger Things, I started watching Punisher, it's fine, uh, what else? You know what? I'm I, honestly, you know, when Daredevil first came out, and everyone is like, "Oh, you know, like Marvel's killing it on the TV front." You know, like they're making all these cool shows, and I really liked Daredevil, and I thought Jessica Jones was good, but Luke Cage was just like okay, and Iron Fist was bad, and I didn't even watch Defenders. So at this point, I don't even care anymore about the fucking uh, the Marvel TV universe, like because they just so they they were not maintaining a level of quality, and Punisher is okay. Like, it, d- it delivers the goods in terms of vigilante justice, at least the, f- the episode I watched. But I don't love it. I think it's fine. Like, it's it's okay. You know what I'm starting to think? Okay. I love, you know, sci-fi. I love superhero movies. Things like that. And so, you know, when I go to the movies, it's pretty much always those sorts of movies. And when I watch TV, those are the shows that I've been watching. You know, and, and I sit there and I'll tell people like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm not that interested in, in things anymore or I'm, I'm not that excited by these things. And I'm starting to wonder, like, maybe I'm just suffering from that fatigue and I'm not admitting it to myself and that maybe I need to just watch some sophisticated, like, adult dramas because maybe I'm just not getting what I need from entertainment in general. Like, because I'm always watching the same kind of stuff. And, you know, there's other people who just go, how many superhero movies do you need? And I'm like, hey, man, I like superhero movies. And I do. But I'm starting to see that, like, that's all that I seem to be watching. Yeah. It's going to be boring. And I'm wondering why I'm not as engaged by things as I normally am. And now I I think it's just because, yeah, like I haven't been watching enough stuff that's been that like stimulating mentally. And I think I need to just, you know, take a step back and maybe watch like just a really good drama or something, you know, just to sort of reboot the system. Because I think I've been inundated with just sci-fi and superheroes. The formula I'm starting to feel, you know, like superhero films and stuff, like there is a formula and it's been there for a long time. And maybe I'm a little bored of it now. No, I I agree. Uh, It is a bit oversaturated, sure. But it still makes some good 
good uh, superhero movies. But for me, I don't know. I, I think I prefer the superhero theme, you know, in platform in a movie form. You know, not so much as a show. Like, I can't think of any of the shows that I particularly like, the superhero ones. I can't get into them. I don't know what it is. Like, uh, Iron Fist was dreadful. I, I mean, I tried. I really tried. But it, fuck, man, some of the fight scenes was just a load of shit. No, they did a bad job. Considering that Daredevil... You know, Daredevil had some well-produced fight sequences. I thought, oh, for sure, like, you know, uh, Iron Fist is their fucking, you know, karate character. And so I thought, for sure, oh, they'll take this opportunity to do some cool, you know, martial arts action. And it was terrible. And I was like, what? And then Luke Cage, the fight scenes were just fucking bad. Like, Luke Cage Mm. has a fight in Jessica Jones, like, where he fights Jessica Jones, where I thought, like, that scene was cool. And Jessica Jones had better fight scenes than Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And Jessica Jones isn't even like a fucking fighting show. <laughs> but yet the fights that they had in that program were better directed. So for me, I think with the superhero stuff, like I like long form entertainment. Like I like TV. And hmm. I think the problem is because of the budgets and things, you know, when superheroes are on TV, they always have to be low key and there's always, you know, they're not using their powers or they use it like once a show. And yeah. I get kind of bored of that. They all turn, seem to turn into drama shows, whereas I'm kind of more want action, I guess, or something. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. No, I agree with that. Obviously, because of the budgets, they can't they do can't, like all yeah. that action. But I don't like the trope of the superhero that can't be a superhero. Mm-hmm. I've never liked that. Like, I don't like when it's like, I've got superpowers, but I'm just worrying about paying my bills. Like, fuck you. Like, fucking punch a wall, get a bunch of money, and shut up. Like, I I don't sympathize with a character who has super abilities who doesn't use them. (laughs) Because I just go like, dude, I would be using them all the time. Like, I don't sympathize with those kind of characters. And it frustrates me, especially when, like, you know, they'll go around and they'll be dealing with people with all their regular problems. And you're just like, fucking, you got superpowers. Like, solve their fucking problem. They're poor. Walk to the back of a bank, punch a hole in the wall and grab some cash. (laughs) I know that's technically a crime, but... But there's other ways. Like, you can make money. I don't know. I, I'll think about this a bit more. But anyway, <laughs> listen, I want to listen to some music. I'm going to play another song here. This is a track we're going to listen to by Wave Shaper. Wave Shaper makes cool music mm. off the album Velocity. And this track is called The Sphere.
And that was The Sphere by Wave Shaper off the album Velocity. So how about this? We're going to do the Patreon real fast, and then uh, we'll do the Stranger Things review, which everyone has been warned about. (laughs) Sounds good, man. I liked it, by the way, just in case people are wondering. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Let's do the fucking Patreon. Alright guys, so Beyond Synth has a Patreon. Uh, That's how you guys can support the show. Patreon support keeps the show coming out on a regular basis, which is the important thing. Although I say that, and last week we didn't do a show. But I did put out that YouTube video, so there was still Beyond Synth content. But definitely, um, if there's anything I can stress to people, it's that uh, the Beyond Synth Patreon keeps me doing it on a weekly basis. Because remember, before the Patreon, you know, we did like 10 episodes of Beyond Synth a year or something. So, you know, it's the Patreon's a good thing. Anyways, I got some new donors this week. Oh, we got Neon Knox. Neon Knox makes cool music, and he is now uh, a donor to Beyond Synth. He's a $5 donor. Thanks, buddy. You're a cool guy. And uh, I got a new donation from Deep. Just says Deep. So thanks, Deep. You're cool, too. I don't know much about you, but you're a cool person. And Jared Glenn? Is that new? Renton Brax. Oh, that's right, because I didn't do the fucking... uh, (laughs) That's right. So I want to thank all my $5 donors. There's Kai, Joe, and Lando. And if you want to see Joe, check out the YouTube video where we did the call-in show because Joe called in. And uh, he was one of the people there, and that was cool. Then there's Roman, Cunning Corvid, Bobby B, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Florence Bullock, Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, Nougat Ninja, The Rosconian, Night Raptor, Stu M, Dana Jean Phoenix, Tristan Waits, Raul Pud, Barons of Santa Carla, Starlight Fisher, Timothy Pierce, Corey Valentine, Orlando Rodriguez Neef, Marco Cranendonk, Martin Larby, Face Hugger, Brad Neiman, Zychorax, Lee McConnell, Phil Clothier, Halla, Josh Murphy, Ross Pentland, Damon Rudy's, no, Damian Rudy's, Damian. Damien Rudy's Damien <laughs> and Jared Glenn Neon Knox Ethan Hennings who also called in to the live stream show and he's uh, talking about his business He's starting a brewery or a cidery where they make cider cool. and I learned the word cidery because uh, I didn't know that was a thing but uh, anyway so you can check that out that's on the YouTube channel and then it's time for the donation of the beast this is the donation of the These are all the people who donate six dollars and sixty six cents. Powered by the Dark Lord himself. What do you think about people who donate $6.66, Marco? I think that's some fucking dark shit right there. Real dark. But it's very nice, too. Very nice of them at the same time. Darkness. <laughs> darkness. <laughs> All right, there's Renton Brax, Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, 
Carm, Straylight, Lonnie Taylor, Till Wild, Ken Giroux, and Moose Knox. And of course, Max Hutchings keeping evil at bay. And my lovely $10 Pattersons. You know who you are. These people are cool people. There's Colin Bennett, Winfield, Will Lowe, Joshua Evison, fucking slunks, Greg Smith, Ashley Keegan, Mike Shima, Shaboogan, Playmaker Media, Murat Ogute, Elias Garnier, Polly Digital, Trevor Resnick, and Fraser Davidson. And my wacky donors, you guys give all your crazy amounts. There's, uh, as always, the lovely Chris Salaya Lane, and the lovely Frank Skinnicky, and Jacob Wick. And my $25 pals, Chris Dance, Gregorio Franco, White Tiger, and Clint Dowling. Oh, that really hurts my voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Thank you all very much for donating to Beyond Synth. You keep this show on the road, motherfucker. All right. Now, let's listen to a track, and then we will do our fucking review of Stranger Things. So here's... I'm going to play a track here, um, and then you can do the next one. Sure. <laughs> Is that cool? Are you sad? Were you, like, prepped to do one? Is that why you're sad? Oh, a little bit disappointed, but seeing as it's your show, I'll make an exception this time. <laughs> this is a track by S.exe. I think that's how they want it said. It's like a program called S.exe, but when you look at it written out, it looks like it says sexy. <laughs> so I don't know if they actually refer to themselves as S.exe or sex or sexy I'm not entirely sure but it's a cool song uh, it's from the album Hologram and this track is called Hologram
And that was Hologram by S.E.X.E. Or Sexy. Uh, and that uh, that's a cool song. And I'm here with Marco. We've been here all show just catching up, getting the viewers up to speed and the listeners up to speed because the viewers have nothing to look at. <laughs> and we are going to um, talk about Stranger Things, man, because we finally watched it. Ooh, yeah. I finally watched it, I should say. You already watched it and you're bugging me for the past <laughs> uh, few episodes. So uh, let's get into it, man. Spoiler review. If you haven't seen Stranger Things and you don't want to get spoiled... Skip ahead. <laughs> what do you think about Stranger Things 2? I thought it was pretty good. I, I still think mm, the first season was probably a little bit better. I think season 2 was uh, was really good, surprisingly good. Uh, they probably rushed some of the themes a little bit. I thought they could have dragged it out a little bit more. I don't know if you thought that. Like, they really crammed a lot into, like, what was it, nine episodes? But it was mm. really good, yeah. I think I might have actually liked it better. Oh, wow. But it, it definitely was, like, quality-wise was good good like it wasn't like it didn't take a nosedive the show didn't get stupid like it it maintained a level of quality so i think that's the important thing there was a bunch of moments that i liked like sort of cute moments that made me laugh i think for some reason there was a moment in the show that made me laugh a lot Mm -hmm. and it was it was in like episode three it was the one where they get that little fucking the the polywog or whatever but that starts out looking like a weird salamander thing with legs that uh that Dustin was keeping in his terrarium or whatever. Yep. And then they're chasing it. They're looking for it in the school, right? And there's a scene where it's like after school and all the kids are gone. And they're running around, like checking all the different rooms, looking for it. And then for no reason, Lucas runs up and just like drop kicks a, a door. <laughs> and then there's like still a teacher in the classroom who gets mad at That's him. That's right. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what that moment really made me laugh. Like that was a really funny moment because it just came out of nowhere where they're all just searching. And then for no reason, he just like drop kicks the door <laughs> and, then, and there's a teacher inside. And that moment made me laugh. And I also really liked the moment when Steve and Dustin are like dropping bait for the creature later in the show. And he tells Dustin like his hair care routine for uh, doing his hairstyle yeah. and that scene made me laugh <laughs> I thought right. that was a great scene that was actually pretty good <laughs> I like that pair up that's the thing I like about TV that you can do more than sort of movies is you can really explore as shows go on pairing up different characters you know and like making different groups of, of characters because when you have a show you have to extend the life of it and so it's like Hey, what what if uh, you know this person hung out with this person? Like, what would their dynamic be? And that's what I like about TV shows because the longer they go, they just have to do those things, and that's always fun, you know. Especially like I I love it in Game of Thrones, especially too. You know, when you know you finally see what happens when certain characters meet up, and sometimes they have like fun dynamics and stuff, and um, you know they form cool little duos and things. And but ultimately, like yeah, Stranger Things, I liked it. The only thing I I didn't like, there was a few sort of like Hollywood moments that... Okay, so this is like super spoiler, but (laughs) the death of... What's his face? uh, Samwise. Yeah, that was... Bob, yeah, that was ridiculous. Like, why did he stop? Like, he walked... Like, they're, they're, they're trying so hard to sneak out of this fucking place, and then he just does the stupidest Hollywood, like walk out and then just stand in the middle of the room just staring <laughs> and you're like dude there's creatures like why are you not running for the door and so when he when he got attacked I'm like fuck you like they should have directed that differently because it was stupid like I'm just like why is he standing there like I got mad like when it happened because I'm like dude what are you doing like you're trying to fucking get out like <laughs> what 
like I hate shit like that. And that's like those kind of Hollywood moments where when you're watching a movie and they have to kill somebody off and they just do it in, in a way that's so unnatural. Like, I'm going to pause in the middle of the battle, like, turn around and smile at somebody just so I can get, like, hit with a bunch of arrows or whatever. You know, you're like, fuck you. Like, you're in a battle. Like, and so that scene, you know, they made it very tense, you know, him trying to escape and and Paul Reiser is trying to guide him out of the building. And then he just fucking stands there when he gets out of the door, like, just literally to get eaten. Like, that's (laughs) what he was standing there for. Like, there was no reason for it. And so it annoyed me because it was just a stupid death. It was wrong. Like, it was it was annoying. Like, he should have either just got... Or he should have ran out and they played, like, music. Like, hey, he made it. But then one of those dog things just fucking jumps out of nowhere. But he doesn't mm. stop. You just think he's safe and he's not safe. And, like, that would have been a lot better. But when he just stood there, it was like, well... Fuck you, he's about to get eaten. Like, I knew he was about to get eaten, because I'm like, why is he just standing yeah. there? And I know this is a bit of a pet, like a minor thing, but it just annoys me how, like, when he's... I know this is major spoiler alert, but when he's getting, you know, basically eaten, and, uh, you know, it goes into slow motion, and Winona Ryder's trying to run over, even though it's like, man, what are you going to do? He's already pretty much dead. And then the sheriff's holding her back, and yeah. it's all this... I mean, I know that's what they do, and, you know... But it's, I don't know, it's just those scenes kind of get a bit annoying. It's like, um, for me, I don't know why, he just does. It's just a cliche. Well, I think because we've seen him so many times. Like, there's something about just when things play out naturally that there is so much more effective. And that scene just was just completely unnatural. And then the finale, like, I liked the show, but there was these moments where... I didn't understand what the plan was exactly. Like, the sheriff goes back with Eleven to close the portal to a building that they know has, like, tons of these fucking dog things because they saw them on the radar, so they know there's tons. And then he makes everybody else stay behind, and they have no backup. And he tells the kids, right, don't help, don't do it. And, of course, the kids, you know they're going to get out and they're going to do their plan because that's what's going to guide the dogs away. So you know as a viewer how these interlocking stories are going to work, right? Like, so, because you've seen this before. Like, so you know, okay, well, the kids are going to do their plan. The boy is going to get strapped to the bed and they're going to do that other plan. And these three things are going to converge at the same time. And it's all going to work out because that's how these things work. But each individual plot, I was like, wait, so you're going back to that facility with just a little girl and a shotgun And you couldn't kill one of these things before, but now you're going to go with no backup against, like, fucking 30 of them? Yeah. Like, what is your plan? Like, I don't understand. Like, the only way that plan works is if the kids disobey you and draw the dogs away with their plan. Like, that's the only way this thing works. And so when he tells them to stay behind, it's like, what do you think is going to happen here? Like, you guys are going to die at the doorway. Like, you're not... What? Like, you barely made it out last time, and the dogs had someone to eat on the way out, like, to distract them. Like, now you don't have that. So, you know, there was things like that where I was like, I I still was along for the ride, and I still enjoyed, you know, the scenes and all that stuff. But there was things like that where I'm like, so what? what is your plan here? Like, they, spent uh, a lot of time, they spent a lot of time worrying about Barbara as well. It was just kind of weird. Like, it's more time this season than they did last season. I was like, I just found that a little bit weird that they focused a lot on it. Like, uh, there was a lot of time spent on that. What I'm wondering, too, because, I mean, that's an example, you know, like, where, like, it seems like there's some fan, uh, you know, like, they're giving the fans what they want because everyone was so yes. concerned about Barb. <laughs> At the same time, moving forward, 
and there being like a season three. So I'll tell you what I really like. So I think all the characters still worked really well. The look of the show works still. I like how they're like self-contained seasons. I like that. I like that they're really treating each season like a movie. So I like that it ended. Like it didn't end with to be continued. Like it ended with hey, we stopped the bad guy, but with a little hint of there's still evil out there. Just like they did in the first season, right? Like they they defeated the problem, but then it ended with that kid like spits up that little fucking worm thing and it goes into the into the sink and so you know okay stuff still isn't quite right but if it ended at just one season it's still a it's still a satisfying story Mm. because you know a lot of tv now it's like you know like game of thrones i love game of thrones but like every season just ends with a cliffhanger there's no closure to the season it's just you got to just keep watching more story whereas i like that at least with season one and two of stranger things that each season is a self-contained story and it has an ending and it's like a movie so that's cool I'm curious to see where they go with season three because I'm like, how many seasons can they do before the town knows what's going on? Because there's these fucking weird dog things that are just running around, like the forest and shit, and and it still only seems to affect the lead characters. So I'm wondering at what point will the town understand that there's like a fucking portal (laughs) to hell underneath them, you know? Like, there's... Yeah, finally. It's like it's so oblivious to this massive facility and all this shit that's going on. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was good. I, I, they clearly hired that dude because he looked like a young Rob Lowe. I know, I mean, right? That's why, <laughs> that's why that guy got the job. Yeah. It's funny, too, because I, I watched some of those like behind-the-scenes things, and he's like Australian, isn't he? Is he? No, I like, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, and Eleven is British. Yeah, she's British. Uh, it's always so weird when you see the actors behind the scenes and just like, oh, wow, there's always these ones with accents that I didn't uh, expect. But but I liked it. He was a bit cartoonishly bad. Mm. In, like, like he was such a prick. But I mean, I know they showed his dad, and they're doing like the cycle of abuse storyline. So I'm fine with that. Like, I figured they would do something like that to go, like, he's such a prick because his dad's a prick, you know, that kind of thing. But it was still fine. Like, it was funny. And that was like a fun, funny moment where he goes to Mike's house and is like his mom came out of the bathtub and she's like all she was just reading like romance novels and then like this fucking young Rob Lowe shows up. So that was like kind of a funny moment. I thought it worked. I, I don't know. I thought, I thought the humor worked. I thought. I thought it worked. I, I was fine with it. I'm used to the fact now that they have CGI monsters. I wish they didn't, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm I used to it. I hate that. What is, anyway. Um, what did you think about episode seven? The one that's kind of uh, a little bit different where Eleven spends time with her. Yeah, that was, uh, well, how about this? Let's play me a song and then we'll talk <laughs> about episode seven. All right. I have a new track here from um, Electric Dragon. Uh, his new one, Burial Ground, which is basically the first single off his up-and-coming album. I don't think it's going to be out till early next year, but I've had a chance to listen to it. It's really good stuff, um, so I'm very excited about that release. All right, so this is Electric Dragon with the track Burial Ground. <laughs>
And that was Burial Ground by Electric Dragon. Another Marco pick for this week. Mm. And we were just, uh, Marco and I are just talking about Stranger Things because I finally watched it. And episode seven was interesting. I think, I understand why people didn't like it. I didn't think it was terrible, but what bothered me was the characters were such cartoon characters in that episode. Yeah, they really were. They were these like outcasts, but they looked like video game characters. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, each one of those characters could have been, like, in a fighting game. So there's the punk guy who's got, like, you know, the fucking, the jacket, and he's got, like, the crazy spiked hair that's, like, huge. Then there's, like, the big black dude who had, like, a really weird, like, dreaded, like, giant ponytail. Mm. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. And he was huge, and he was, like, he looked like a video game. Like, he looked like a character out of Street Fighter. They all sort of were these just cartoon characters, and so I had trouble just taking that episode seriously because it was very sort of cartoonish. I mean, obviously these characters are going to come back. They have to. That's the only reason I could think they would have an episode like that because otherwise it's completely useless, really, that episode. I can understand narratively why they did it. Like, they've got that crazy cliffhanger where all the fucking... The dogs are, like, climbing out of the hole into the lab where everybody is. And I was like, you know, that's like, oh, shit, like, what's going to happen? And then... They cut to an episode that doesn't answer that question at all, so it sort of delays the... Uh, and, and they do that all the time. Like, I remember, like, Lost, the show Lost would do that all the time, where they would have a cliffhanger, and then you want to see the resolution, but then the next episode doesn't really deal with that cliffhanger. Sometimes they would have, like, three or four. Like, you'd see, like, they'd open up a hatch, and they'd be like, what's in here, man? Oh, shit. And then the next four episodes <laughs> don't relate to that cliffhanger. And you start seeing, like, you know, the other half of the island, and what are those people up to? And you're just waiting for the resolution to that cliffhanger that happened, like, four episodes before. So I get narratively why they did that, but it was a weird choice, because they what they substituted was this weird episode that tonally was just strange, featuring these cartoon characters. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't hate it. A lot of people seem to hate it. Like, I didn't hate it, just... It, it was definitely weaker than the other ones. Yeah, I think so too. It, it definitely stood out. I mean, it was it was definitely a departure from the the other episodes. Uh, I didn't mind it, but it, yeah, it, it was definitely the one that stood out out of all the episodes for sure. So we'll see if these fucking ridiculous characters come back. Like, I can say that I didn't like them. <laughs> like, I didn't like any of those new characters because they were cartoony. Like, they didn't feel real to me. They're sitting there like pulling off all these crimes, and they all look so distinguishable. Yeah, they all kind of look a little bit over the top. You know, like if you were if you were running around committing crimes and you're running around with a group of people where all of you are like so identifiable, like in a cartoon character way that like, how could you go anywhere? Just like, hey, they, they, they stole money from us. So who was it? Well, it was this crazy lanky guy with a giant yellow fucking mohawk. This giant black dude with like this crazy long fucking dreaded ponytail thing. It, I don't know. Like it just feels like you wouldn't. It doesn't make sense character wise. Like if you're trying to stay out off the radar and, uh, you know, not get caught and like hide out and stuff like that. You wouldn't make yourself look like a clown. Right. right? Like you would. You'd blend in a bit more. <laughs> yeah, and I know nerds are going to say, like, well, the chicken used her psychic powers to make them disappear, which she did. So, but it still seems like a ridiculous plot point that you're committing crimes with people that are so cartoony that every time you do everything, you're always having to shield them with your powers because of how stupid they look. Mm. Like, that that also just seems kind of silly, too. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> 
Uh, I, was, I was definitely a lot better than I thought it'd be overall, though. I, they, they really did a good job with it. Uh, I didn't know. I, th- I think the thing I was most worried about was the script. If they would have a script to follow, I mean, I didn't know where they'd go with it, but uh, they did quite well. And yeah. Yeah, looks like we'll have season three. I thought they extended the story well. Like, I thought it it didn't feel wrong. Mm. You know, sometimes when, you know, you see a sequel to something and it just, they just go in a direction that's weird. And this one was fine. You know, like the fucking portal was still kind of open and there's stuff seeping in from the other dimension. Like, it seems reasonable. Like, as far as, I mean, we'll see what happens with season three and like how it sort of expands. But, uh, yeah. The only thing I don't quite get about the Upside Down, like there's clearly other life forms that live there. So why is it that there is parallel things from this world in their world? Like that's what I don't quite get. It's like, is it being built? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like how, you know, they're, they're at the dance at the end. They're at the school dance. And in the Upside Down, there is like an alternate version of the school that has lights up. Like it's it's also having a dance but like does it just exist because it exists in our world like that's what i'm trying to figure out about the upside down because it seems like it's its own place but then sometimes it has some things cross things from our world in their world and it's like were those things constructed is it an alternate dimension like where the same things are happening or or do those things exist there because they're on our our world and they sort of it's like an image of the thing that's what I'm trying to figure out because like some stuff is there and some stuff isn't there you know sometimes they'll be like in the first season they're just in like some crazy forest and then there's like one building is the same like they can find the house and the house is there but it doesn't seem like the town is there it doesn't seem like there's an evil version of the town it's like just certain buildings and it's like why is that you know why is there only certain things and not other things hmm yeah, that doesn't really make too much sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, maybe there's a reason for it. Um, but, you know, I don't know what that reason is. If there's other beings there that we're not seeing. I mean, I imagine, obviously, with, with every story, like, when you expand it, you have to show what else is there. So mm. this season, we've got that crazy smoke, like, tarantula thing. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Maybe, like, with every season, we'll be introduced to more beings that come from... Uh, that other dimension that we just haven't seen yet. Hopefully, explain. Hopefully, they explain a little bit more about all that sort of stuff too, because it's really, uh, yeah, it's really vague. It's really, I'm really not too sure what the uh, the reasoning for a lot of that stuff is. But yeah, we'll see, man. It was cool. I liked it. Listen, I want to listen to another song, and then maybe we can uh, wind the show down. My voice feels all fucking all right. scratchy. Um, here's a track by Sagittarius Five from the album Welcome to the Space Age, and this track is called Into the Dawn.
And that was Into the Dawn by Sagittarius 5. And that's a V. That's a Roman numeral for five. Uh, from the album Welcome to the Space Age. That's a cool track. I'm just here with Marco. We just did our very exciting... <laughs> uh, Strange, Stranger Things review. I should say, there's something else I gotta remind people about before I forget. There's another event coming up, but this one is in January, so you guys got time. And it's called mm-hmm. Two Crude Dudes Presents Synth Nights. It's January 12th. I believe this is in England, too, somewhere. But you can check it out on Facebook. Uh, just look up uh, Synth Nights Two Crude Dudes Presents. I don't know what that means, but it's happening on January 12th, 2018. And it's got uh, Future Cop, uh, Ex Machina, White Tiger, and Arrow Nexus. I think those are the four people playing that show, and that's January 12th. So go check it out uh, on Facebook. It's called Synth Nights. Future Cop... That's one. Yeah, I don't. I was just gonna list the people again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. But that's. Uh, I think we did good here today. We got a lot of stuff done. Mm, mm, we certainly did. We covered a lot of topics. Stuff that uh, I've wanted to talk about. <laughs> I can't wait for this cold to be done, man. I know. I miss the. Uh, I miss the Andy laugh. You know, and you've been using it sparingly. I can. I can hear you holding back a bit on us. Yeah, Andy, I know. Well, the laughing makes me cough. It's. It's actually what happened. <laughs> When uh, when Adam McNabb came to Toronto and we recorded an interview, and I had a cold then too, and it sucks. I couldn't laugh, and every time I laughed, I start like shaking around like a leaf and fucking coughing, and it sucks because <laughs> uh, uh, laughter is the best medicine, man. But listen, you have a lovely week. Will do. <coughs> <laughs> I like this a nice calmness. <sighs> Will do. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Andy, stop laughing. Oh, man. Anyways. <laughs> I hope you have a good week as well. Yeah, man. I'm glad you had uh, uh, fun at the Perturbator show and got to hang with James. Thank and um, yeah, we'll so uh, cool. we'll talk more about some cool stuff uh, next time when we do a Keeping It 80s next week. This is good That's stuff. Right. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of stuff I forgot to mention. But uh, whatever, man. Fuck it and fuck you. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Andy, and thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Yeah, man. Next week on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey, maybe we should end on a track. On a track. Yeah. Let's end on a track, Mark. (laughs) Do you you have a song to play, or do you want me to play one? Oh, shit. Maybe you play one this time. I uh, didn't prepare. All right. uh, What do I got here? I got a track from Skywolf. Skywolf from the album The Plains of Reality. And this is a track called Ricochet. And we're going to end the show with it. So I uh, hope you dig it. And uh, tune in next week to Beyond Synth. And that's all I got to say. So let's uh, let's listen to this track by Skywolf. Ricochet. By Skywolf. <laughs> Skywolf. Skywolf. Sky Wolf. Sky Wolf. <laughs> <laughs>